Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Today is Be A Voice Sunday, where we are, believe at Core Church, we are a voice for those who have no voice. And uh, we've got a special guest this morning that's going to come and share with us. But before uh, Ben Finkbeiner comes... We've been doing some work out at his church in Cushing. Uh, several groups have gone out over and over again, and we had another, uh, some wonderful people go. Watch this. We've been doing a, a lot of work with a church in Cushing that is just getting started. Um, this is Dave and Kate, and they have gotten involved. Uh, and the whole, you got, first of all, Dave, you gotta tell them the, reason that you got in, involved was because of the f word for our year, inconvenient uh, faith. You got, you have to hold the mic. Inconven <laughs> inconvenient faith and inconvenient giving is the actual sermon that we walked in on. Okay. Um, and Kate was outside talking with Megan and Paula about this church in Cushing and that they needed all kinds of paint work done. They needed a lot of stuff and they needed a lot of help um, just getting it started. And, and when uh, we say a lot of work, we should preface that by saying it is an old, old church of the 1927. Nazarene. Is that how old it is? Yes. And it had fallen into disrepair. Yes. Ridiculous. It needed a lot of work. A lot, lot of yeah. work. And then you it guys. It has a great vibe to it. It has a great feeling to it. Like you can yeah. tell that, it, you know, there's a lot of joy has come out of that place, and, you know, but um, it needed revived. Yeah. Really and so badly. they're they're relaunching that church as Kinetic Church. And so then you guys have stepped in to help. So. Kate had that conversation and talked to me a little bit about as we were walking into service and said, you know, they're talking about this church that needs help with paint. Da, 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 da. Maybe we can give them some ideas or some tools or something like that. And then we walk in to your sermon on inconvenient giving. Oh, wow. And uh, we both had the exact same feeling that we were just like, we, we need to do something. And we what's to... great is you guys, because saying you need to do something is uh, a lot of times it's just uh, use what's in your hands. I was talking about that. Use what's in your hands. Tell them about your your painting business. It's not like you guys are like me, like a novice painter. I mean, you guys have done some work on our house. It's amazing. Tell us about the company that you got. So Anomaly Paint and Remodel is our company. It's just David and I. And um, that day I had donated money to CORE. And then you guys were talking about that. And I was like, oh, we can actually give our, you were talking about our time and our talent. And I was like, hey, we actually have a talent here that we can use. Um, that we know we're going to do really good at. Yeah. So we both looked at each other and we're like, I guess we're going to go to Cushing and donate some of our time. Wow. So we went out there. Um, somebody from CORE had donated the paint and um, Paula got that out there for us. And then we went out there and donated our time and we didn't know anything about them. And then we walked in and they ended up being like, they're really good friends of ours now. Like uh -huh. we homeschool our kids, we raise our children similarly, and now they're really great friends of ours. We love the pastors there. Yeah, it's Ben and Alicia Finkbeiner. They're amazing people. Just amazing people, yeah. yeah. You guys donated your time though to paint, repaint, was it the fellowship hall? Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah. That huge yeah, fellowship hall and yes. the kitchen? Yeah, yeah. And then, so then I was talking with Ben and uh, if that wasn't enough, the outside, desperately needed to be repainted 
You guys have stepped in. Um, I know that's part of your, your company, but you've given them a pretty substantial discount. We'll talk about that, but you, you really are helping them out, which I think is amazing. Uh, and have repainted now. Is it done? Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah, have it's to get done. you some pictures. You can, yeah. you can check oh, the Anomaly, Anomaly yeah. Facebook. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we, it's, it, it looks great. I, uh, the pictures at the front, I just like, wow. This is amazing. It this, took 101 gallons of paint on the outside of that church. And you two? Alone. <laughs> Just the two of us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't really pay somebody to come out to Cushing because with the drive yeah. time, you know. And so, yeah. So it was just, we got a lot of good of drive time together, two hours yeah. a day, just us. Some great uh, talks, you know, some great yeah. meditations, you know. <laughs> Man, I, I just I thank you guys for sharing this because I think this is so important for us to remember when it comes to sacrificial serving and generous giving. It doesn't have to be just money. It can be money because you, honestly, you gave money away by saying, hey, we're, we're only going to charge you this to paint the entire building. But you also have a talent, and that is giving. So, man, thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, our thank pleasure. You. Isn't that great? Come on, Ben. Hey, give Ben a hand. Okay, I got to get you all listening to his cheering section. This is amazing. I have never seen anything like that. That's incredible. Uh, so Alicia was going to join us, but she lost her voice, and it's like a whisper, and she can't uh, be up here today with us. We're starting, actually, a new series today on our core practice of sacrificial serving, uh, which you saw a great demonstration of that. But we're calling it, of course, inconvenient serving. We have eight practices and this is one of our practices all year long. We've been walking through these practices. And on today being Be A Voice Sunday, Be A Voice for Those Who Have No Voice, um, I wanted you to meet Ben, and I wanted you to hear his story. I wanted Alicia to share as well, but she's not going to be able to do that. But I want you to share, Ben. Um, first of all, uh, your background is not Past, you're like me. Uh, I wasn't ever never thought about being a pastor. Tell everybody what your background is. It wasn't in pastoral ministry. It wasn't even on your radar. No, it wasn't even on my radar until very recently. Um, first of all, before I get started, thank you, Core Church, for what you guys have done already for the ministry in Cushing. We really appreciate it so much, and Brad, for the time that he has and the love that he has for us. Uh, my background is in basketball coaching. Um, I coached at Boise State for three years for women's basketball team there. I was the um, recruiting coordinator and defensive coordinator. And then I went to Utah State, and I was also there as the uh, associate head coach, and I was a uh, head coach there for one year also. And so my, uh, my dad was a coach. My grandpa was a coach. We've got tell, tell them who your dad is, because a lot of people know who your if dad is. If you recognize is. the last name Finkbeiner, it might be Jerry Finkbeiner, who coached at Southern Nazarene University back in the mid-'90s, early-'90s. And he won three national championships there with the women's team. And so... Coaching has just been through my family. My wife played at Earl Roberts University, and so she was a good basketball player. And so it's just something that we did. And I spent most of my life trying so to be a basketball So when you coach. guys were in your prime of playing, could she beat you? <laughs> when she was in her prime, she was really, really good, and I was yeah. not very good. I was, I, was actually, I was actually a track runner, and so, but she was an all-star from Vanita High School in the yeah, early and It's 2000s. interesting because you guys actually met at ORU. We did. She played for my dad for five years, and so that was awkward. So... <laughs> Yeah, especially when you're checking her out when she's running down the floor. Well, that is very, you're supposed to be coaching. <laughs> We're married and we have six kids, so there's the story right there. <laughs> That's so good. So you guys, um, you moved to Cushing 
just to move to a small town, right? Yeah. You didn't move for, for pastoral ministry. You no. didn't move even for coaching. You got out of coaching. Got out of coaching. My wife is a really kind person. I wish she could, I wish she could speak today, but she had her voice. But um, she always tells people that God called Ben out of, cush, out of coaching and called him into the ministry. And I tell her my athletic director called me out of coaching. <laughs> we didn't win enough games. <laughs> So we got out of coaching, and we wanted to move into the country and raise our kids out somewhere, and we homeschool our children. And so we found 17 acres and a fishing pond in Cushing, Oklahoma. We had never been there before. We were from Oklahoma, but we had never been to Cushing before. And we just had kind of this dream of building a house and raising our kids out in the country. And so that was what we were doing, and I was getting out of coaching. Um, whenever we were praying about this sort of move, we did pray about it. And our prayer was, Lord, help us to spend more time with our kids and help us to spend more time in ministry. And that was the prayer for months and months and months. And then we sold almost everything that we had and we moved in with my brother in Oklahoma and we started looking for land. So you end up in Cushing, you end up at this church that um, honestly was in real, real trouble. Uh, And so much so that they ended up having to close the church that you guys had attended. And then all of a sudden, a big shift happened. A big shift happened. So when we started going to church there, it was maybe six to eight elderly, elderly people that were there. And we went to the pastor and we asked him if we could just help with maybe Sunday school or help with getting the church young is, families. Okay, I, I know we have a lot to talk about. I know we're <laughs> going to run out of time here. The, I hope you capture the heart right there. They went to a church with six to eight elderly people and said, we're here, we wanna help rebuild this church. Like that is Ben and Alicia's heart. When we were praying, as I mentioned, we were praying about spending more time in ministry and this seemed like that was gonna be it. And so the church did end up closing and so we were still looking to serve God with more of our time. And so we went to another church and we relaunched their youth program and we did um, high school students on Wednesday nights and I led that for an entire school year. But during that time, uh, Dr. McKellips uh, approached us about possibly planting a new Nazarene church out of that old Nazarene building, which had been closed for a few months now. And you said what? Let me pray about it. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't that quick of a decision. And honestly, uh, Brad and I, we have quite a story between the two of us, but Brad started coaching me as a pastor before I had even made a commitment to even plant a church there in Cushing because of our previous relationship that we had and some of the people that we knew. And Brad really helped me walk through that process because at the same time, the church that, um, that we had restarted the youth ministry, they approached us about being a campus pastor or a lead pastor there at that church, an established, ready-to-go church with wonderful people there. Yeah. And then we were asked to plant a church. And when Brad and I got reacquainted and he started coaching me, he actually coached me through that decision, and so I'm so thankful for that. So real quick, I just I want to help you a little bit with wondering, like, you see that I'm a pastor, and now Ben's a pastor, and I know immediately 99.9% of you are going, okay, so this message is not for me, uh, because this is about going into full-time ministry. That's not what this is about. What I want you to do is I want to back this up for just a second to help you to see the impact that you're having in those seats. You are making an impact if you are serving. If you are serving at Core Church, you are making an eternal impact. For example, how many of you work in our children or youth ministry? You're, you're just, or wow. you've been a part of, maybe you've been, in the past you've been a part of our children and youth ministry. Raise your hand, okay? Okay, now, 
let me show you why what you're doing is so significant. Because I wasn't even in pastoral ministry. I was in radio ministry. I worked for Z104.5, okay? That was my ministry. And, um, it, and truthfully was, I'm not making a joke out of that. That actually was my ministry. I felt that's what I was doing. And so I was uh, volunteering in the youth ministry at Central Church of the Nazarene, helping out. And this guy was in, my mid, in middle school at the time. It's true. Yes. I saw nothing in him. I saw. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So when I got the call, I was shocked. I was surprised. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. But you are making a deposit into somebody's life, in a child's life, in a young person's life. And you just don't know when you're just like, who am I? How could God ever use me? And God's making these deposits in people's lives over and over again. So now you're in Cushing. Uh, You decide, okay, we're going to restart this this church. And the reason we have you here today for Be A Voice Sunday is because of the unique ministry that you have there. Because Cushing... is, is struggling. It is, yeah. So small town Oklahoma, you guys may know a lot of addiction, a lot of domestic violence. Um, and we see that all over the state and all over the country, but it seems to be very, very prevalent with where we're at. And if you guys come visit our building, our building is situated in kind of a neighborhood that in Cushing might, might be considered one of the more, um, I don't know, one of the areas that needs a lot of help and restoration. And so we just have a heart for missions and being involved in the community and meeting people and uh, having people that normally may not be going to church, that we're inviting to church and helping them come to Christ and follow Jesus. And that's where our heart is, is that we're very mission focused. And that that was who we are as a family before God even put Kinetic Church on our hearts even. It was interesting when Ben and I first started talking, early on we were talking about even, could you even use the facility? Should you consider moving somewhere else in Cushing, which isn't not like, you know, moving across like Tulsa, but moving into a different, and you guys were, no, no, this is where we're supposed to be. This is who we're supposed to minister to. Um, and it, it kind of started with diapers. Yeah. That's what I remember with some of our first conversations about uh, a diaper ministry. That's how it started. And we had encouragement from Brad and from others not to wait to launch the church whenever Sunday morning service was ready and we had the band or whatever else, but just start the church today in your lives and in your homes and with your families. And then go out and start meeting people and talking to them about church. And you guys talk about here having an everyday church, not a Sunday, but an everyday church. And living that and, and having that as an example in our lives. And so we started doing that. And so we started looking for needs in the community. And my wife had just decided that she felt this need through prayer that our community needed diapers. There's babies in needs from families that have a need that need diapers. And so uh, we just started collecting uh, diaper um, diaper donations from our district and from people in town and from people we knew. And we just started collecting those. And then young mothers started to come in. Um, and, and moms and dads of all backgrounds that needed diapers, and we started blessing those families, and we connect them into discipleship relationships from there. So what kind of stories did you have of what's happened? Do you have any? Wow. What, I mean, I know you got a lot, but. Yeah, I got a lot. Uh, we, we had a young mother just show up to Cushing two weeks ago, and this young mother um, just, it's a long story, but she's in need of more than just diapers, and her baby is also, and she was pointed in our direction from someone in our church, Jamie. Jamie's here. Can you raise your hand? Jamie pointed in our direction um, through another ministry. And so this young woman just came to the diaper closet, and it started with one conversation, and then it's turned into more and more, and, and we're beginning to feed her more and having conversations with her about church and just trying to get through life with her. It, when we talk about discipleship, it's one thing just to 
just to like, you know, disciple people or to see people around, but we want to invite them into our lives. And we want to not just, not just put them on the calendar, but include them in our calendar and bring them into our homes and have those friendships with them. And so the diaper closet is kind of the start of that conversation. What I love too that you guys have done is, I know you have this big, both of you have this huge vision of things that you want to do there. Uh, and I think many times some of us do, you have the, like, this is the ministry. This is what I see in my mind. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Yep. Um, but you guys just said, all right, we're just going to get started yes. with some diapers and kind of go from there. Yes, we, we got started. So I work at Epic Charter Schools. And so that's what I do to pay the bills for my family. That's what we do. And so this is a, this whole church thing is kind of a side thing for us almost. A side it, hustle. It's side hustle, but it's become <laughs> our main thing. And it's what we enjoy doing the most. And we just love Okay, it. hang on, hang on. Okay, so you got a full-time job, yeah, <laughs> and this is just kind of a side thing. This is not a side thing. I talk to this guy every week. Uh, we, we're, uh, we, we work together every single week, and uh, there's no way this is just a side. I, I don't know what your excuse is as far as not serving. Like, it just went, you know what I mean? It but, just, whatever your reason was going, well, I'm just so busy. I mean, it just gone now, isn't it? We, we loved it because we started just feeding on Sunday nights. Curtis was there. Curtis is in coaching. He started coming early to our Sunday night um, offerings. And we just said we're going to feed people that come through our doors Sunday night. And there was two people that came for like six or seven, eight weeks in a row. My wife says, two people. Now, we, were, we hopefully were a blessing to those people. There were homeless people in our community, and we fed them. But then we said maybe we should go out and find people that are looking for a meal. In one week, we served over 80 meals, just like that, just in wow. one week, wow. because God wow. just put it on our hearts to go from sitting here and waiting for people to come to us, so let's go find people. And that started a whole nother ministry, which a lot of the people here are a part of, which we're just praising God for. So what is that other ministry? So that started a ministry. It started a conversation with an apartment complex in our, in our neighborhood, our neighborhood where our church is at. And it's called the Simron Towers. And the Simron Towers is, it's HUD housing. Um, it's, um, it's housing for people with disabilities, typically. And so we delivered some meals there. And we started speaking with some of the wonderful residents there. And we asked them if they go to church. And many of them said, we'd love to go to church, but uh, mobility is an issue or the car is an issue or whatever. And so we just have it on our hearts that, like, we can do church a lot of different places, not just right here, right? And so Thursday evenings, we started serving a meal and going to that apartment complex. And praise God, we have, what, 25 to 35 people there every Thursday night just doing church together. And that started from us being sent to do meals. Instead of waiting in our, waiting in our church building, we were sent to deliver meals. And then we met all these wonderful people. If you guys live in Cimarron Towers, could you guys stand up? Some of you Cimarron Towers people that are here with us. These guys are yeah. part of Kinetic Church. And they're doing really good things in the neighborhood. And then everybody else from Cushing, stand up too, please. Cushing people that came with us. Terry, stand up, please. We got Curtis and Linda over here. And so these guys are doing really good work in Cushing right now at Cimarron Towers and, and beyond, honestly. This is what I love, Ben, is that you had all of these people. You have, like, I can just tell you as a pastor, um, it is hard. And it is often lonely because you just is it, it just you got to have people helping you. And I remember early on talking to you and I talked about that. I'm like, you, you well, we're going to go do this, and then we're going to do this. And I'm like, how are you going to do all of this? And well, of course you got six kids, so you just got them all doing yeah, it. Got them right? all doing it. Pretty soon we're going to have a lot of our oldest is ten years old. The rest of them are all obviously younger. Pretty soon we're going to have a lot of help. Pretty yeah. soon, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's ways to grow your church. That's just that's you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I love this idea that you said of going. So often, um, the problem that we have in the church is we just sit and we soak, and we're just like, we're here for ourselves. And by the way, that's just normal. That's, I mean, we all do it. I do it. I mean, you do show up on a Sunday and you, you've got your own problems, right? How many of you got problems? Raise your hand. You got problems? Okay, now look around at the people who don't. Raise your hands. Look around at the people who don't, okay? And those are the people you want to see after the service, okay? Because those are the ones, I don't know, every hand should have gone. Some of you are just so tired from your problem, I can't even raise my hand. I have no strength to even raise my hand. But we, you've got your own family. You've got your, your struggles, the day-to-day grind of what you're trying to deal with. And so when you come in on a Sunday, it's so easy just to come in and go, okay, I, I need to be fed. And, and you do need to be fed. You do need God to fill you. But hopefully it's not just you filling up on Sunday. Hopefully you're filling up a Monday through Saturday as well on his word. That's so critical that you're in his word because we need to live sent lives. It's about, turn to somebody and say, live a sent life. Live, live a sent life. A sent life. Um, what I watched that I love about Ben and Alicia is they, when we were talking about this church, especially in Oklahoma. Now, if you don't, if you, most of you don't care about how churches started or what we do. And, um, we geek out on that cause that's just what we do. Um, but there's all kinds of crazy churches, um, doing crazy stuff and radical type ministry, um, that doesn't revolve around Sunday morning, but we're in Oklahoma and it's very, very traditional. Can you imagine going to a church and they're like, we don't have a Sunday morning service? That would make no sense. You'd be like, well, then you're not a church because you have to have it on Sunday morning. And, but we, you and I have talked extensively about hold, hold, yes. wait, yes. wait, and, and get out into the community. How, how has that been for you guys? So we have four services, and the Sunday service is the last one that we've launched. And, um, and so that was kind of the, towards the end of what we're doing. But each service that we start, we call a kinetic team. And so we don't really do small groups. We do small churches. We want each of our small groups or our mm. kinetic teams to operate like a church. And that's sharing community together. That's worshiping together. That's uh, discipleship together. Yeah. It's worshiping. And so like, these are the things that we do um, with our kinetic teams. And then each kinetic team adopts a mission within the community. And that's our way of showing Christ um, to, to people. And it's also our way of uh, networking with non-Christians that want to come help us. And so the diaper closet or the diaper ministry that we do, we have people that come in and volunteer for that that are even non-believers. But it gives us an opportunity just to share life with them and begin discipleship relationships. And so one of, the, one of our kinetic teams feed hung, feeds hungry people. Another one is the diaper closet. Another one is uh, men discipling their children. And then our Sunday morning, the overarching one is domestic violence for our Sunday morning gatherings. I feel like we need to learn from you. And I've told you that too. I mean, it's been so strange as we've been talking and I'm coaching you and then I realize there's a little bit of coaching coming back at me um, because I love your heart for your groups being a church and operate. Can you imagine in our congregation, look at the power around in this room. Look at the power in this room. If we got it off the stage, can you imagine if we just took it off the stage and, and the church was in the hands of the people where it belongs? And can you imagine if your group just said, this is gonna be our cause. This is what we're gonna give our lives to. This is the thing we're gonna do. And it might, it might be, well, we're just gonna go do this one thing. Cause so often you're like, I don't know what to do. 
But I think what you did is you just went out and went, well, what's going on in the community? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Get, it, get out and just observe. And sometimes I think that we do sort of wait for a little while, and it's important that you pray before you go. That's important. That's important. But God will go with you. And so you, at some point you step out, and then God's gone before you, and he'll go with you. And then it starts with, let's serve meals at church on Sunday night, but then it ends with a church at an apartment complex, or it doesn't end there, but it continues there. And that's exactly what we try to do is just, and then what we want is we want all of the people in our church that are doing that. And so there's another, you know, we're going to run out of time, but there's a meat ministry of a family in our, in, in a part of that's a part of Kinetic that's doing a meat ministry, and it's incredible. And then there's people that are serving in the towers that are cleaning up people's rooms. And so we're trying to get this community of people that are just helping each other day to day on just these seemingly little tasks, but they're really, really big. So back this up a sec. Let's talk about the meat ministry. Um, Because so often you feel like, okay, where do I go? What do I do? And and sometimes it's just right in front of you, and it's what you're doing on a day-to-day basis that God wants you to use to serve others. So let's just talk yeah, about that. Yes, so there's a family that's a part of Kinetic that have, in Yale, Oklahoma, they have about 100 acres, and they're raising some of the best beef and lamb that you can imagine. Grass-fed, uh, none of the bad stuff that we read about, and all of the good stuff, which is just grass, basically. And they started doing this on their own before they even came in contact with Alicia and I or Kinetic Church or anything like that. It's just what God was calling them to do with their family. And then our two families meet, of a long story. We meet up, and we just start partnering together and doing things together at church. And then they've made a commitment just to donate half the meat or half of the income, whatever it is from the farm, to Christian ministry. And so when we have a meal together Thursday nights at the Cimarron Towers, Many of the times that beef is actually raised in a local farm that otherwise our church certainly couldn't afford. And it's just amazing how God has done that. But he brought two families together with the same heart to begin planting Kinetic Church. So what time is that meal on Thursdays? (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) We're all going. We're going to Cushing Thursday night. (laughs) (laughs) It's from 6 to 7, Andrew says. 6 to 7. That's right. Um. I remember, and I don't know how much of this you, you, you want to share, so I'll let you share at whatever level you want to, but I remember very distinctly, I just won't ever forget it, because I remember coming home and sharing it with Laura. Um, one day we were talking, and you had just come from someone's home, um, a mom, I think it was a daughter, and their house was um, disturbingly just a wreck. It was awful, and, um, and you were on the ground cleaning it up trying to anyway <laughs> yeah trying to clean it up um we have a wonderful woman uh in her like you like you mentioned in her daughter who's in what we're trying to do is we're trying to change some of our language but we'd call them leaders in our church they are leaders in our church but they're servant leaders in our church and this servant woman asked me to come over for a plumbing issue and she'd been coming to church for quite some time and she's somebody that i know well and she's friends of our family and she asked me to come over i'd never been to her house before I go in, and there's human waste to the top of the bowl. I kid you not. And then it's coming through the plumbing into the bathtub, and there's one bathroom in the whole place, and she has uh, this daughter that's living with her mm-hmm. and her. And I come over with, a, like, a toilet snake, and that's all that I had. And, and so I, I honestly probably didn't do as much work as I probably should have, but I tried to get her going, and I tried to call some plumber friends and stuff, but it was just this total... It just brought home more to us, like, we got to know the people that are in our church and know the mm-hmm. troubles that are going on and help them with those things. 
had I known that was happening, like, what could I have done two weeks ago, you know? But she called me in at this emergency, and it just Okay, incredible. so when you told me that, I just think if we were all honest, a lot of us wouldn't, would just, oh, man, I'm not, I can't go there. I, can't, I mean, I can't do that. And this is what, uh, try to speak to this as best you can. Okay. Um, you were a Division I coach. <laughs> you had a really good life. Um, you could have gone and continued your Division I coaching. Um, it's not like you weren't, wouldn't be able to get another job. And, um, and success and your family fine and not have to clean toilets and bathtubs that are backing up. Why, why would you choose that? Yeah, it, it's a really good question. Um, and honestly, I've, I've shared with you, Brad, before too, and I, Justin, one of my friends, have shared with also, it's hard for me this past summer because I got some phone calls to get back into that life. When coronavirus opened back up, when things opened up or whatever with universities, I think I had four phone calls from places that I'd previously applied to to be a head coach there um, at the Division II level. And I, had to, I just said no. And I was totally shocked by that because for most of my life, these would have been what I would call a dream jobs for me, a head coach at a Division II institution, two or three of them at, at uh, Christian colleges where I would have had an opportunity to mentor young women while they played basketball. I'm in a Christian sort of environment. And so that honestly was hard for me. But the question, why the obedience? Um, I, I'll share a story with you, and I'll try to keep it quick. I had a conversation with my wife a couple years before all of this started. And as I was reading uh, the story in Matthew about the rich man who approached, the rich, wealthy man, the wealthy man, the young, rich, wealthy man who came to Jesus. And basically, he said, I've been living a good life, and, and I've held true to the commandments and that kind of stuff. What else do I need to do? And Jesus said, sell everything, give it to the poor, and then follow me. And then that rich man went away sad because he wasn't able to do that. He didn't feel like he could do that. For my whole life, I read that story, and I didn't understand it very well. And I just kind of thought, how stupid is that guy? The savior of the world, Jesus, is right in front of him, and he still refused it. And then for the first time in my life, about four or five years ago, I was content enough in my life to understand where that guy was coming from. I felt like I was comfortable enough. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself rich by American standards, but by world standards, I, I think that I still am. But I got to the point where I read that verse and I got slapped in the face basically just saying, I actually understand why he said maybe not or maybe no or why he went away sad. And for me, that's like, wow, I, where am I at in life? And I have to reevaluate this thing. And so Elise and I just began to pray about what needs to change in our lives and in our hearts. And so that, that's like... Whenever I think about my, I didn't know it at the time, but as I track back, that's kind of where things began for this momentum for what we're, what God's calling us to do. So a theme that I see in your lives that I think could be a theme for all of us to pick up on that I hear over and over again is that you keep saying, um, so, so we prayed about that. Uh, so Alicia and I, we, we, we prayed about that. And what every time you've talked about that, what I hear your prayers are is your prayers weren't for you, they were for others. And I wonder what would happen in our lives and in our community, in your neighborhood. What would happen in your neighborhood? The needs are right out your front door. What would happen if in your workplace? What would happen on that ball field, your campus, your apartment complex, if you just said, um, okay, God, how do you want to use me? Uh, and it's a scary prayer because it's, we don't just call it serving around here. We call it sacrificial serving for a reason because as followers of Jesus, we're not just called to serve. The world serves. 
There's good, good people that do not follow Jesus that are serving in our world. That's true. Um, but sacrificial serving is what followers of Jesus are called to do and be. Can we just thank Ben for sharing with us today? This is so Thank you, guys. Thank you incredible. so much. I would like for you to stand if you are able. Alicia, I'd like for you to come up. We're going to pray for them and the work they're doing. If you want to get involved in the work that they're doing, maybe you'd like to, um, maybe you want to financially support them. Uh, just fill out a next step card. And, and or you can give online. If you want to give online, just mark that towards Cushing or Kinetic Church if you feel like God's compelling you to give. Maybe you say you want to pray. Pray. They need prayer partners. They, they don't discount that. If you say, man, I, I'd love to be a prayer partner and I'd love to keep up to date on what's happening there or just maybe help anyway, grab a Next Step card, fill that out. We'll get you in contact with them. Hey, stretch out your hands towards this uh, couple. Let's pray for them. Father, I thank you for Ben and Alicia, their heart for the people of Cushing, that they're willing to be a voice for those who have no voice. I know many of those days are exhausting. They're exhausting physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. We ask God that you would bring more and more leaders to surround them more and more men and women who have a heart for Cushing. Would you cause people to even move into that community? If they moved in that community, others can move into that community, God. Each and every day, people are gonna pull in with U-Hauls and unload trucks and, and move into homes not knowing that there's a ministry that awaits them. God, would you stir us up as you stirred them? May we learn from them. God, I pray that the spirit that is upon them would move out amongst us as a people, God, and we'd catch that fire that they have. God, we are grateful for them. I pray they know how much you love them, how proud you are of them. God, that you, you are smiling upon them, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Thank you, guys. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.